Hey folks, this week we're continuing our world-building bonus episodes before the next arc of the Gilded Lily kicks off. Today we build the legend of the Gilded Lily. Everybody. Welcome back to The Gilded Lily. Since a plotline has just recently been tied up in a nice bow and Red has left the ship, we figured we'd take a little bit more time to do some kind of collaborative world building. I always like to push the idea in Tales of Esperon that the world we play in and the story we're kind of weaving is something very collaborative. This isn't entirely a setting that I've made on my own. I try and get my players' contributions and the contributions of other people as much as I can. So it's, you know, a fun, wild, diverse story that everyone feels like they have a stake in. So that's what this is going to be tonight. We're flexing a little bit of our world-building muscles here, and we're going to be building some backstory of the Gilded Billy, the ship itself that the players travel on. This week, we have a guest... Nikki, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Yeah, well, I am Nikki, a.k.a. the creator of Beholder to No One, Dice Before Dawn, and Sound Control RPG. Way too many shows, way too much time on my hands, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of good shows, though. But oh, yeah. yeah, I don't know how you do it. It's wild. <laughs> I, I don't have a life outside of tabletop game podcasting. <laughs> I mean, I, I will admit that does sound like a good life, though. <laughs> Just saturated with tabletop. It sounds charming. For the most part, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and with us is two of our normal cast mes- cast members, Carolina, who plays Yuana, and Sundragon, who plays Riley. Hello. With a W. Yeah, with a W, I know, I know. Every yeah, time I say it now, I have to <laughs> remember to do it. Has, has to be. Riley with a W. I imagine you actually meeting someone named Riley is like, is it spelled with a W? And they're just going to be like, what? What the fuck? (laughs) Where are you from? Oh, you know, from another world. (laughs) So I think this would be a fun thing to kick off. The Gilded Lily is like a group of wizards who have abandoned college to become pirates. Each person here, what is something you love about pirates? Doesn't have to do anything with Asperon. Just something you're like, every time you see it, you smile. The freedom. Come on. Okay. The floofy shirts. <laughs> okay, floofy shirts. That also ties into the freedom. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Caroline, you're making a floofy shirt, right? Or did you finish it? Yes, I am. No, I haven't. I was planning to finish it over my vacation last week, but I got too busy and didn't. But I am making one. I have both sleeves ready. I just need to put it all together. I am making a floofy pirate shirt uh, out of linen crazy. with a thread in needle because I am a crazy person. Just by hand, not like a machine? No, I don't have a sewing machine, but oh I do gosh. have fingers. She <laughs> so. is the machine. Yeah, wow. That's that's awesome. It's crazy. Nikki, how about you? What do you like? Honestly, I like it when they are just a tad bit, a little bit bad and evil. 
because they have like questionable morals but sometimes they're just like wait am i really that bad of a person and it's like gosh crap (laughs) i'm i'm kind of rich no i'm not (laughs) it's like but money but but bad person (laughs) so it's basically freedom floofy shirts and questionable morals that (laughs) (laughs) yes that's a perfect tldr of pirates i love this Okay, so to give some history of the Guild of Delhi, this is something we haven't really talked about on the show. My players have some ideas, but the Guild of Delhi is a single ship of many among the pirate faction known as Drogma's Wing. They're a band of pirates that work along the Drogma coast essentially to ensure, at least in their own eyes, that this other governing force called the Emporo, which is kind of like this mercenary faction that exists in a bunch of different cities. They're not taking advantage of people, which they usually do because they're capitalistic, they're very large, and they can strong-arm folks, especially because they nestle themselves into cities and become like a security force that people depend on, so they have pull and sway in places where they normally shouldn't. So Drogma's Wing as a faction exists to kind of put pressure on them as much as they can. Now, This faction serves under a woman by the name of Lucidian Drogma. Not much is known about her, at least on the coastal cities, aside from the fact that she is the queen of an island known as Maran, which let me open up my thing and I can screen share with all of you so you can see what it is. Yay, we can see them. Pretty, pretty map. Quick question, though. Yes. The uh, Emporo, were they, like, inquired to be this force or did they kind of just, like come to the city one day and just be like, yeah, we're the police now. No, so it's not just like an invasion kind of deal. It's slow and kind of insidious in like the, the mm. way that like they care most about resources, mm. resources and control because control means predictability, which means easier to make money. And the places they take over, they kind of start off as this kind of small independent organization. Well, at least that's how it started. And like once they get an economic foothold in a place, they start to expend more resources and branch out to cities as they try to like get their foothold in more and more cities of Esperon. They haven't really got a foothold in the Marin Isles, which if you can see my screen, to the left of the coastline, there is a chain of islands. I would like to say that this map is absolutely stunning. Oh, thank you. So cool. <laughs> I will be posting pictures of this in the episode description and on Twitter. Yay. So. If you're listening, you can take a peek and see what we're looking at here. But essentially, the Drogma coast is the western coast of the continent. And out in the ocean, for a little bit further west, there's a chain of islands. Each one is its own kind of independent... I don't want to use the word kingdom, because not all of them are like monarchies. Some of them are just like democratic entities and things of that nature. Some of them aren't actually even governed by people at all. But the Emporo doesn't really have a hold there. Now, with that in mind, the Drogma Wing, this faction, has an array of captains under its belt. Each one handles a bunch of ships on their own, a fleet, so to speak. And among them, the Gilded Lily is unique. Its captain is the only one in the faction that doesn't have multiple ships. They don't have a fleet. It's just a single ship. And with that in mind... It's captain. Well, it's previous captain, before Kothak, before the man, the apeling that we know, kind of directs the Gilded Lily with a stark confidence. It used to be a man by the name of Angalon, a wizard who used to attend the academy, ironically, just like all of our wizards, and he was kicked out. 
most people would rumor that he was having visions from the moons, as he called it. And a lot of the scholars at the university thought he was losing his mind. And they kind of unanimously decided to disbar him. And he was left to his own devices, which is where he found Drogma's wing. As the captain of the Guild of Lily, he served it for many years until eventually he went missing. And his first mate, Kothak, and his navigator and his sister, Vapa, lost their memories of the incident where he vanished. A year or two passed and nothing was to be heard of Angolan. And Kothak was kind of the assumed captain of the vessel and he didn't do it well. Now, after some time, they managed to find Angolan again and recover their memories. And Angolan refused to be the captain of the ship and now he serves Lucidi and Drogma as kind of her high mage, to put it, like her advisor. And Kothak is now the main captain of the vessel. He was previously a monk of an order called the Resonant Soul. It's a monastery that exists just outside of New Bismuth, out in the jungles and the wilds of the coastline. And does anybody here have any questions? I think this is a good way. If you guys have questions, we can kind of pry in. Is it known, like, what happened, or are we not going into what happened as to why he vanished? So why he vanished, that's an easy thing. And it will ex- can explain a little bit about why the po- adventuring party is so tied up with the cult of the Deep One. He vanished, and his memories lost, and Kothak and Vapa both lost their memories for a time due to mental manipulation of someone from the cult who had kidnapped Angolan, wiped their memories of the thing. They had, they had thought he died, and they were basically using him to get as much information about Drogma's wing as they possibly could, where they operate, how many ships they have, anything that would be of a, of like a... a useful knowledge about their operations. And was this knowledge what they used for, to conduct the attack in New Bismuth that we learned about? Yes, exactly. Oh. Well, actually, that's when they found Angolan. He was, like, starving and imprisoned in one of their ships on site during the attack on New Bismuth that kind of, that the cult tried to pin on Drogma's wing. So that's why the party is so heavily invested in figuring out what the cult was, because Angolan was the first sign that this cult, this force was digging its heels into Drogma's wing. They don't know why, how, or even where they come from. They just know that they're now an antagonizing force. Hmm. Interesting. So I have a thought for all of you. Imagine yourself in the shoes of someone who like works at a dockside market. On a port somewhere, or even if you want to get extra creative. Carolina and Son. <laughs> imagine yourselves in the, the shoes of someone who frequents Sashi's. You know, the, the goofy sushi bar right on the dock. Yeah. What is a rumor each of you have heard about the lily? It doesn't have to be true. Just something that is interesting. Is that Caldera place? Is that a volcano? Yes, it is a now active volcano. Well, I think that a, a nice rumor about the lily would be that it's haunted by a headless ghost. Because there there's this occasionally this invisibility cloak. And what if some drunk sailor on the dock saw, like, Riley sticking his head out of the veil of invisibility (laughs) and only his head being visible? It's just once. Or some other, like, member of the crew just leaning against the railing and only part of him is visible. So so maybe there is, like, the ship is haunted by floating dismembered ghost. 
I love this. And like, ima- <laughs> I'm imagining too, like if a member of the crew were to like duck their head out of the illusion, you'd see kind of like the spectral overlay behind it and they might think it's like a, go- a ghost ship or even something more wild. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> well, I was thinking like maybe at one point you said the caldera is an active volcano? Yes. Well, maybe at one point the caldera was like erupting or whatever and the gilded lily was like sailing through and had managed to dodge all the debris and everything and just happens that another ship was sailing like out of range and they see the volcano erupting and they're like what the fuck and the gilded lily just kind of like sails out of that like shit storm and they're like what the hell what did they do no one could do that You'd have to live there. That's got to be like their home base. What? Oh, uh, I just kind of, I kind of love this idea of like, you know, a lot of people might have known that the volcano was gonna erupt, and like, of course, the Valiant would have been the first ship to leave, right? All the mm-hmm. Empora would have left, and the last ship coming out of the wall of fog and debris and smoke is the Lily, just dodging debris, like it might have been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was just like. <laughs> It could be as crazy as like them kind of like almost sailing within range. And it's just like this merchant ship or whatever. And they're just like, are you okay? And to the Gilded Lily, that crew's just like, eh, it's just just a Monday. Yeah. Just a Monday. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs> the sailors of the Gilded Lily are like it famously not phased by wild shit going down. Oh. They haven't met Riley yet. The way they seem. <laughs> but during that that storm they were like oh no oh no can the rumors be from before the party was on the ship oh yeah i definitely think so because i feel like this this might have been the era of like where the lily's legend might have been forged like it was infamous back when they had a mage as a captain so if you have like an arc mage as your captain of your boat i feel like sailing through the ocean and dodging like fiery molten debris from a volcano is kind of trivial. I think that the rumor is spread that because the Archmage only had one ship, he was cursed to be stuck on that ship until he passed the curse to somebody else. And that's why he never owned more than one ship. And that's why he had to vanish in order to get rid of the curse and pass it on to Kothak. Oh, I love that. Oh, that is that is a very, very cool idea. That just makes Kothak super scary. Which is awesome because the ship is so magical. Like, uh, so, so for Nikki, for some context, the ship has this big... I don't know if we've gotten to this point in the episodes, but the ship has this big ring built into the deck right behind the wheel where it's covered in arcane, like, sigils and magic, and you can turn the rings to configure it to cast specific spells that are written into this ring almost like it's think of it like the ship has its own built-in spell book and everyone can contribute like spell slots to it oh that's neat i feel like if anybody even saw that remotely they'd be like that's the cursed rock that's the that's it (laughs) that's where the captain draws his power (laughs) honestly now i just i'm imagining putting summon any type of creature into that thing and then that would be amusing I will. I can give you a peek behind the, the curtain, Carolina and Son, but that is something that is very much going to happen. Yes. 
Oh man, there oh, you, man. You, you're not good enough at the magic yet. But there are I, I have it written. Um, there are demon summoning spells built into the. Are we going to capture Urin? <laughs> God, <laughs> no. <sighs> that clip will forever be stuck in my brain. I show that to people all the time. I'm like, this is what happens when you don't think about all of your. Listen, <laughs> let me show you something from my character sheet. Because there is a section on D&D Beyond for like allies, organizations, and stuff. I have organizations, allies, under allies is the list of my many, many adopted siblings, and then there are a section for enemies. <laughs> it says you're in. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I love it. <It's... sighs> That's hilarious. That's what happens when you say your end in the uh, accent that sounds like you're in. <laughs> That was one of my favorite moments from those those episodes from that arc. Yeah. What was that? What What was that again? Were we interrogating somebody? Yeah, we were right. interrogating Aurora, and she went all oh, black eyed, right, and she right. started speaking in this creepy voice. And you asked her for the name. Who am I speaking to? Because it's rude to not introduce yourself. Very true. And and she said. I am your end. <laughs> and then I think Red said, you're in. <laughs> and we lost it collectively. <laughs> Honestly been there. <laughs> I keep thinking about this, like the captain of the ship is cursed. And there's a, so I, I don't know if the audience knows this yet. I might've mentioned it before, but I'm in the process of writing like sea songs to get recorded to involve with the show, like original pieces of music that fit in with the theme of what's going on. And one of the songs that I have written down is called Spectre on the Prowl. And yes. it's a song about, there's a type of creature in d and they talk about it in, I think, Borden Kanan's Tome of Foes, but they're called Marenoloths. They're basically like- Yeah, they're cool. Neutral evil demons you can contract up and they like adhere to their contracts by the letter. And one of them is like, a Moran or Loth is basically like the guy that ferries you across the river in the Greek fairy tales, Charon, Charon and yeah. accepts the coin. And the song is about a Moran that someone saw as a ship was docking. And the song is a cautionary tale about be careful what you ask for at sea because, you know, the captain that is the target of this song summoned a Moran and gave up their treasure to make sure the ship got to port safely but he never said anything about the crew. So the song is about someone who saw a ship pull up to port with a specter holding the helm and like the writhing cape behind them. And then the, hmm. the specter vanishes. The entire crew is dead because they never, they didn't survive the journey, but the ship did. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. But that makes me think of it. Like someone saw, like heard that song and saw the lily in a place where it should never be. And they're like, oh my God. <laughs> They're, 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 you know, they're cursed by the specter or something. Yes, I like it. The spell major image, right? Mm -hmm. How big of a creature can you create with that? Uh, let's look up this. I think spell. it's a large creature. Twenty foot. Uh, Twenty foot. Yeah, so yeah. huge creature. Because, no. like, I don't know. I have this huge, idea. Gigantic. Gigantic. Four by four. Yeah. Big enough to scare the hell out of a civilian. <laughs> I don't know. I had this idea that like they would to get past like a ship like a emperor ship or something like that they would 
create a major image of some kind of like gargantuan monster yeah like behind them and they're just like we're fleeing from this thing we're fleeing from this thing don't attack us and they just like slide right by (laughs) so fun fact gargantuan could be a kraken dang (laughs) i like the idea that they do it more than once so they have like this weird reputation of like be careful because if you see this they might be trying to trick you because that ship has been attacked by Krakens more than once. Mm-hmm. Hmm. The Kraken just really hates the captain. Yeah, it's like the uh, Captain Hook and that crocodile. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I love that. So, like, maybe maybe it's an Impora rumor. Like, if you ever see the Lily, be careful, because I kind of there's a part of me that loves the idea of like, yes, they're like, oh, we're we're fighting this thing. It's in the water. It's attacking, and. When the Impuro make it, a fog cloud shows up and the creature goes away. So it's like, <laughs> among the Impuro, it's like, yes, they're tricksters. They might be tricksters, but they also might have a kraken. Mm-hmm. So be careful. <laughs> Either they're being chased by a kraken or they've befriended a kraken. We're not quite sure yet. Yeah. Either way, it's pretty scary. Yes. Or like, it, oh man, this spirals into so many cool things. Like they could be a monster hunting vessel. And they just hunt giant sea monsters, which would just normally decimate a regular ship. Oh, damn. I didn't even think about that. I was kind of thinking of along the lines of Thor Ragnarok, the get help. <laughs> kind of uh, like something silly I feel silly like that's like that. much more on brand. <laughs> something silly like that. Like they actually just keep summoning like illusions of monsters, but everyone else yeah. in the world thinks they control one, which actually kind of falls in line with the rumors of the, the Drogma, Drogma's wing because... A lot of people believe that Lucidian Drogma controls or is allies with a silver dragon, which when you're fighting boats, dragons just win, (laughs) especially if you can freeze all the water. (laughs) It's not necessarily true. I did beat up a poisonous dragon in a game over the water. I'm just I'm just saying. Okay, all right. So if you're like, what what class? The crew died. (laughs) The crew died. The crew all died. But we survived. They're not important. Yeah, you're the main cast. It's uh, you're the main characters. If the crew and, goes, and, I, unless your job was to, you know, keep save them everybody, saved, then 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 uh, then that's a different story. I got to punch a dragon underwater and I killed it, and I was very proud. Wow, I'm very I, afraid. <laughs> we had also a fight with a dragon recently, but it was a white dragon which kind of lives in the uh, like chain of islands far up north and uh, she is called ice in the depths because like it's it's her nickname it's like her her moniker because she uh sometimes hides under the ice and attacks from beneath the passing ships and people what? traveling on the ice that's uh, dope yeah, and my players basically <laughs> they were fighting in like this deep narrow ravine uh and they put a wall of force on top of her and they like flattened <laughs> her to the ground with a wall of force and limited her mobility to the point that I couldn't really do much with the dragon. I mean the dragon is a fearsome enemy and especially since this was somewhere between adult and ancient in the stat block, so very dangerous creature. Jeez. But they they just wiped the floor with her because she couldn't do anything about this wall of force. She had to crawl from underneath it and lost two entire rounds, basically, 
doing almost nothing. Was the wall of force ironically shaped like a giant boot? <laughs> just, <laughs> that would have been funny. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was just oh, uh, just uh, like a. It was a glass ceiling. <laughs> for my female dragon. Oh no. <laughs> it was terrible. That is very bad. That was very, very bad. <sighs> I had high hopes. To summarize, haunted by a headless ghost, a wryly created rumor by accident. I kind of love that. The lily was sailing during the eruption of Caldera. And because of that encounter, people believe the crew to be these kind of like stoic warriors of the sea. Man, wait till they meet Neil. That, uh, that rumor is going to go right out the window. <laughs> <laughs> we have the, the captain the of the ship yeah, is bound to it by a curse. And he would have to vanish or die for the curse to pass on to the next captain. Davy Jones. Yeah, it feels out. very Davy Jonesy, and I love it. I like it, yeah. It was like one of, that was my favorite elements from the Pirates movies. I got a job up there. <laughs> and then we have the Emporo side. The Emporo believes that they're either tricksters or they are friends with a Leviathan. <laughs> <laughs> so they usually give them a wide berth. Maybe that could explain why, like, if the Lily's parked in ports, the Emporo usually doesn't bother them. Because they're like, they could have a crack into the port and no one would know. <laughs> if we antagonize them, they will cause problems. Release the Kraken. Yeah. I love that. So uh, thoughts on the curse. Right now we only have the curse exists. And it passes on to the new captain. What are some things that the curse does? What was some of the things that Angelone was known to do? Angelon? Angelon, sorry. No, you got it right. You're, you're pretty close. Like, was he one that went and searched for magic items? Or was he one that went and conquered? Or So he was a captain who... I would think his early career would probably be dominated by finding, like, magical secrets of the sea. Because he was a mage of the Academy of the Mists, and when he was first disavowed and picked up, he started doing, like, his character was getting visions of building some kind of gateway. But it's almost like you're seeing, a, you're, you're looking at a schematic for something through, like, the lens of a telescope, so you can't really see the full birth of what you're building until you mm -hmm. get there. And it was kind of like that. And what he ended up building is this kind of sanctum of gateways that he believed would take him to meet the gods. No one really knows if he was entirely successful or not because he vanished before that ever came to fruition. So what could be the curse is that magic has to be sacrificed to the ship because of that circle that you were mentioning earlier. And even though it's just like, maybe it's just your teaching in the circle or you're putting a spell slot in the circle, mm -hmm. but they think that you're like sacrificing that spell permanently and Ooh. giving up your power in order to make sure the ship continues to thrive. And maybe if you don't feed the ship, the ship will just feed itself. Feasting on the crew. Ooh. Yes. I love this because we have, now we have a big pile of rumors that I can pluck things from that might that will be true and might not be true. And that would also explain why there's like wizards on the ship instead of just like normal crew. Oh, I like, kind of love the idea. Kovac like, you have had to, to go get wizards <laughs> to feed the ship. Yeah, you have to like pay homage to the ship because if you don't, it like 
it'll eat you. I love that. Yeah, it's like alive. Maybe this curse is, and the feeding of the ship, maybe it's because the rumor is that the source of the curse, the source of the ship's special powers, and why it's so strange and why it needs to be fed, is because there is something alive there is something trapped like a i don't know crystal with the soul of a demon or something of that mm -hmm, sort yeah. and this is the source of everything that the ship can do and this is why the captain is bound to it because if the bond between the captain and the ship is broken then the demon will be released oh i love this i love this especially a lot. if there's already a demon in there. yeah, <laughs> Summon yeah. A demon. well they there technically is a demon no, sorry. There's, a, there's a, an imp. A there's tiny an imp. imp. <laughs> Kaboom! There's oh, an imp no. called Kaboom in the gunpowder room. Mm. He loves to roll in gunpowder. How did Kothak lose his arm? Oh, that is something that was never actually detailed down. Because that happened yeah. before he joined the Lily. But maybe there would be crazy right. rumors about that as well. Exactly. Like if the ship is alive and needs to feed off something, maybe it was like a tribute. Ooh, mm, I, I don't like that. Mostly just because, you know, Kothak as a character has the, like, the disability of being one-armed, and I don't want to make that into, mm. like, this kind of like necessary evil kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, right, right, right. I like to think that at least at some point there was between some, like, a couple of very young sailors on the ship who just joined the crew, mm -hmm. and one of them asked, and somebody fed them a stupid, you know, oh. asks a stupid question, get stupid answers, and Neil. the stupid answer was, <laughs> Kothak lost a bet with yeah. Neil, and Neil basically, like, ripped off his arm and beat him with it, or something like that. So... <laughs> Just the, the, I imagine like like what happened to his arm and Neil just go ship ate it and then just walks away and they're like what because like that's they, that's the exact they hear kind of kaboom. thing yeah kaboom and they're like what the fuck the invisible imp on the ship I love it we've got a lot of meat on the rumors segment which is dope there's so much here that we can use to like I can make some of it true and some of it not no oh, no. And they all kind of go together. No idea <laughs> Please what. don't make the ship aid it a true rumor. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I won't do that. When it or comes really. to funny rumors, Kothak's uh, disability is off limits. But let's talk about the next section. So I kind of mentioned how the ship was originally, you know, captained by a wizard. And now you know that it's captained by Kothak. One thing we know about the Lily is that it is an enemy of the Emporo and kind of has a fraught history with them. So my question to all of you is maybe what is something that the, the ship itself, the Lily, what was it before it was a pirate vessel? Do you think? Like what could be fun or cool? It was an Emporo ship. Ooh, okay. So like stolen from them? Yep. Yeah, that could be cool. Like that's how... Anglon got initiated or something like that. You got to do something crazy. Oh. And that that's how the com conflict started, basically. Between this specific ship and the Emporo. Mm-hmm. I love that. Ang like, Anglon's initiation was to steal this ship. Now... And it could have been as, like, a joke, too. Like, yeah, <laughs> you have to get your own ship. And he's like, yeah, okay. And then he just does it. <laughs> and he did it all by himself, just uh, without a crew. Maybe with his sister. I mean, he's a wizard. He can create unseen servants and stuff like mm -hmm. that to help him manage the ship and like animate objects and use telekinesis and stuff. Oh, I love it. I would like to think, though, that Angelon was probably would have told Baba about it. Like, 
not like oh help me but like he's like yeah i gotta go steal this ship now i gotta go find one ship and she's just like uh, 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 let me let me help you let me help you <laughs> he's like he's like oh, oh yeah, yeah yeah you can help me and she so it's just like a sibling kind of oh they steal the ship grand theft siblings. auto yeah yes <laughs> That's what, yeah. So a question. Um, we kind of mentioned the the kind of idea that Angolan's initiation was stealing the ship. Why that ship? Was it like already? Because in my in my my head canon, I kind of imagine that arcane ring is something that Angolan has been working on and building for a long time. But with that being said, it doesn't have to be something that he built. Like maybe. Would the ship have been valuable because it had like a magic weapon ring built into it? Was it like a trophy vessel from the Emporo in the same way that the Valiant was? I think maybe it was less about the ship because if if he stole a very like powerfully enchanted magical ship from the Emporo, I think the conflict would be much more serious between them right from the beginning. The Emperor would yeah. be just basically going mercilessly about after them and there would be no Gilded Lily coming into port and rumors about it because it would have to avoid all major ports. So I'm kind of thinking that maybe maybe it was more about the captain. Oh. Like the, the actual Emporo captain of the ship was somebody that there was some kind of rivalry or somebody who offended our wizard captain in some way. And uh, that's why he went after it. You read my mind. Oh, so he took the ship from him or from I was, them. I, yeah, I, I was thinking that too. I was like, oh, I just want Angolan to be petty. Just, <laughs> it was just pettiness. <laughs> Maybe they had like a duel of some sort in school at one point. <laughs> Like, I, I don't. Nick, you know where our heads are in the same space because I was like, "What if it's another wizard from the academy who like joined the Emporo and they used to be school rivals?" He was starting to work on this ring, but didn't get anywhere. There was just like the oh. basic materials were set up, but the rival wizard captain was not able to do anything about it. He was like bragging that he will make this the jewel of the Emporo fleet or something. Yeah, and that's why he went after this ship specifically. Now here's the question: Does Anglon and that person still exists. So you you all have just given me a gem. First off, I just want to note that in my notes, I have written Petty Grand Theft Nautical, which is really <laughs> funny to have Petty yes. and Grand right yes. next to each other. <laughs> but somehow by a feat of pure magic, my third talking point is let's build someone who wants the Gilded Lily. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> oh, no. The Perfect. asshole wizard. Hey, adventurers. You liking everything so far? Awesome. Follow us on your favorite podcatcher and be sure to tell your friends. You can also support us directly by buying merch from our Redbubble. We have lots of cool stickers, t-shirts, and a poster of our official character art. You'll find that link in our episode description. Now, if you want to learn more about the show or name your very own NPC, Check out our website at www.toapodcast.com. Look, someone sent in an NPC called Grand Van Funkle Man, makes a mean blueberry jam, and now that's an NPC. So the bar is clearly very low. You know who you are. That name is atrocious, and I love it. This week, we're giving a shout out to Tabletop Titties, a weekly queer and feminist TTRPG podcast run by people of marginalized genders. Take it away. 
Titties is a new Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast run entirely by people of marginalized genders. Join me, Dungeon Master Charlene Bear, and my four chaos demons as they attempt to survive the Wildwell Trials in Tabletop Titties' first homebrew campaign. A fight to the death. A test of skills and ability. A conspiracy theory for rebellion in the making? But also... Feel the pain of my fist if you touch my cat. Darling, it just fits your style. Are you a paladin? Because <gasps> I'm smitten. Don't follow me. I don't know what I'm doing. Tabletop Titties, available live on Twitch and wherever you get your podcasts. For more information, follow us on social media at Tabletop Titties or visit our website, www.tabletoptitties.com. That's Tabletop Titties with two Ds, if you know what I mean. All right, let's get back to the show. The, the original Impora wizard rival. Oh, this is amazing. Like, this wizard has been hunting them since he lost the ship. Ah, I love it. And has it always been known as the Gilded Lily, or was it just rebranded? Ooh, it? that's a good yeah, question. Yeah, what was its name if it wasn't always known as the Gilded Lily, which I assume it had a different name beforehand. I would think that he would change it just to yeah. spite the person. Oh, that's even funnier because so someone, I think it was Tebbard's player, told me it's a shame he couldn't make it to this recording because if there's anyone on the planet that I know. That would have amazing ideas. He, the, he was like, there's a huge portion of my life where I was obsessed with pirates. So he knows literally, just, and he's an encyclopedia of nautical pirate knowledge. But he told me that to gild a lily is an actual phrase from yep. that era. Yeah, and it means to like overdo it by a yeah. lot yeah it means like unnecessarily put additional like ornaments or make something that's already beautiful that's already amazing like keep adding to it keep adding to it uh, overwork it to the point of uh, ridiculousness what if the original name was like over the top and like focused on like fancy trying to like up the worth of the ship and that's why it was named the Gilded Lily as like a mocking term. Oh, good. And wait, wait, I, I got it. I got it. What if th that makes perfect sense? If the original wizard captain had terrible taste and the entire ship was over decorated and it looked like a, you know, like a Baroque church explosion of gold and everything. Some of it's like magical illusions. Some of it, it actually decorated this way. And then basically Ang Angelon. Yep. came up and said, what are you doing? Why are you putting this on the ship? The ship is already beautiful. You don't need to gild the lily. It's already beautiful. Oh, and he stripped it all away and then took the yeah. ship. Yeah. Oh, and just... I love it. <laughs> so I, the original ship was fancy and the original wizard captain had terrible taste and really garish, like explosions of gold and ornamentation. Yeah. I love this. That's It's cool because that's very different than like, I was thinking, I was like, it'd be really funny if the Gilded Lily now was overdone and the original person was very much like regimented and strict and orderly and like non-decorational. But you guys, you all like flipped it so that he originally was this kind of garish, like overdone mage. And I kind of love that more. <laughs> I kind of have an inspiration picture for who Ooh. I'm seeing as the captain. Oh my God. Let's see. So for reference, it's, it's a tiefling with giant ornamental horns. And also lots of gold. <laughs> yeah, lots of gold. I kind of love this. Yeah. <laughs> this is where I, we can do something interesting was the original owner. Like, let's build that person. So how do we feel about Tiefling? I kind of like that. 
Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Who doesn't love a tiefling? Yeah, it's valid. So a tiefling, very garish and overdone. And technically, you can go feral tiefling, too, so you can have more options. Ooh. So very garish, overdone, lots of gold. Definitely the type of person to try and one-up your story. Ooh, I love that. Definitely. Has to be. I feel like they probably ran into Angolon at some point after he got kicked out. And oh no! it was like on the cusp of they probably had their ship for maybe a couple months. That's and they were working on the thing and they're like, oh, Angolon, is that you? Like, how you doing after, you know, you've been disbarred? I mean, I'm doing pretty well. I've got my own ship right there. You can see that right. Yeah, right there. And I'm working on this cool thing. It's so shiny and it matches my outfit. And (laughs) Angolon's just like, uh, uh, uh. Well, I have to steal a ship, so that's mine now. Yeah, there was a part of me that was, like, imagining when Anglon got disavowed because he was such an academic that his life kind of fell apart for a little bit of time. And if this captain, this Impura rival, were to find them, like, clearly looking like they did not have a lot of money and they weren't doing good, and just rubbing it in. Yeah, And Anglon looks at the ship and looks at them and goes, yeah, it's beautiful. You want to get drinks later? Yeah, sure. When do you want to go? Um, this place up Sashi in Jubilance. Yeah. <laughs> or like up in, up, it's like, yeah, it's Sashi Sushi. The captain goes in, somebody yeah. knocks them out, and Angmon just takes the ship. <laughs> it's like, it's what you get for pouring salt in my wound. What kind of wizard is Angolon? Angolon is... Let me see if I can get the chart. I'm pretty sure Angolon is a conjurer. I love it. I would like to say that Mammon Teethling is the one that is focused on wealth and hoarding treasures. Mammon yeah. M-A-M-M-O-N. Wait, I'm pulling up uh, because in old editions, schools of magic were opposite. Ooh, I like this. If you were like the specialist in one school of magic, there was a school of magic into which you could not go, basically. So I'm trying to see uh, what was the opposite of divination school. Yeah, actually, you know what? I, I, I'm looking yeah, Sorry, at not my... divination, Turko, uh, not divination uh, only. Uh, you said conjuration, right? Yeah, actually, let me look here and see if I have a character sheet for Angolon. Oh, that's going to be in a whole nother... Yeah, that's in another campaign. Pulling out the deep lore here. This is a home game before the Gilded Lily, which is like where the foundation of this entire campaign started. (laughs) (laughs) The old security crew who left suddenly. Wait, this is perfect because the opposite school from Conjuration is Divination. And you said that he was having visions of mm-hmm. future things and stuff like that. So it would make sense for Angelon to be a diviner, maybe? Ooh, actually, this... You, you know what I mean? If one of them was a conjurer, the other one was a diviner, that would make sense? Yeah, you know what? I think Mammon would be like this, this other... I think divination does make sense. I will say that at the time, Angelon was likely a divination wizard. I know my current stats for him he is not a divination wizard now it's a homebrew school that i have maybe he switched to learn more powerful things that yeah. can interact there's there's a, a homebrew cool. school that i'm working on that is all about counter magic like if someone throws a spell at you you can pull off rather than just counter it you can pull off some of its power and transmute it into something else entirely but yeah i think divination back then that would have made sense because like suddenly having visions that ran counter to everything the school knew about how magic worked. 
So if he is divination, then the other person, this Emporial rival, would definitely be a conjurer. I like that. And like we've we've talked about how the asshole wizard is all about like collecting things and like a, a wizard who's all about summoning minions. <laughs> that kind of feels like it tracks. So we have a conjurer. Hey, by the way, in case anybody is listening who is very much into older editions of D&D, that's second edition because third edition had different ideas on opposing schools. So basically this like opposition of between conjuration and divination is from second edition. Yeah. For third edition you had more choices. You could you could mm-hmm. you could choose other options. Same with three point five. Oh, I, I'm looking at the abilities of a cult of mammon tiefling, and you can like convince, <laughs> you know, like convince your enemies that one of their own has a lot of wealth on them, <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> driven by greed. That's very cool. That fits that fits really well. So we have a conjurer wizard ran into Angalon at some point after he was disavowed. They're very garish and overdone, and they were working on the magic ring that Angalon has finished. And I did share the physical traits of mammons. They're based off pit fiends, and it seems like the large steer-like horns Ooh, is horns. actually common, And but that's in the lower ranks. Backwards in the higher ranks, they're normally light in color. Eyes are always green or pure white. Males are always black. Fiendish runic markings on the forehead during puberty that grants the holder immunity from either fire or poison. Skin will be shades of brown or ashen gray. Very cool. I'm loving the aesthetic already. Like an Empuro captain who's like all about the well. I'm imagining the horns, the bull horns, have like these giant gold like earrings that have been like fixed into them. Very uh, Molly Muck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think like an ashen gray with these pure white eyes would just be intimidating as hell to like anybody. Yeah. And then so much gold like that. It's gaudy with very over the top clothing and like even the weapon is over the top that's like on their sheath and their, their oh yeah so let's let's talk about what weapon they wield because as a wizard like you don't really have any i mean they're not martially trained they could be but as a conjurer i don't think this person would be very much yeah i feel like they would be like actual combat is beneath them Ooh, you know yeah they would probably just have a like a wand or a staff which is like very very over decorated yeah, like they would have used like gold paint or something like that to just to inscribe to make it look fancy. Mm-hmm. They don't do any, it doesn't do anything. They they might look like runes. I mean, it's just just an, just an arcane focus, but it looks like it's a you know a staff of the archmage or something. That'd be hilarious. Yeah, looks like a walking stick probably. So they're definitely like a lower tier Emporo ship captain, mostly because the thing they were working on was stolen. <laughs> <laughs> But now we've just made like this petty, this super petty garish wizard who's obsessed with finding the lily and taking it down. Oh, I love it. This is so cool. <laughs> Would they always walk the docks just to check the ships at some point? Ooh. Just like once a week, maybe just to check the ships. I think maybe they wouldn't go themselves because that's like beneath them. They would probably like send somebody to check for them. And the thing is that people keep bringing them those ridiculous rumors about the Lily instead of actual truth. In my head is that after their ship got taken, their their lives kind of spiraled down to where they were like this desk jockey in the Emporo. Mm. Not this like captain of a ship anymore. Nobody nobody wants to give them a new ship. Yeah, they're just like you literally lost 
your ship like it was stolen from you we don't we don't trust you anymore <laughs> and like imagining the sting of every time you hear the rumor like they would be like oh, i carve that rune myself <laughs> yeah. like i know exactly what that rumor is yeah sure you did sure yeah. you did i just shared a staff that looks Ooh, fancy looks but also looks like it could be falsified yeah the staff is like this kind of golden white wood i would assume and upon the top is like a fist holding this big kind of ornate gemstone but it's really not a gemstone because it looks solid it lo does not look like it's one of those like shiny glittery gemstones so it might just be like a rock that is coated in red <laughs> the gemstone is fake they've like they varnished they've like put put like a, a um they know a couple of transmutation spells. They can, for like 24 yes. hours, make it look like a gemstone. Yeah, make it look sh like shiny and reflective. When they need to, they do that. Mm -hmm. They're like, no, I'm powerful. If they don't, it's just a river rock, basically. They're like, I'm going to a house party. Um, well, I guess I'll make it look nice. <laughs> I love this. It's all about maintaining like a, this powerful image that they don't really have anymore because the one thing they have was taken. Yeah. Oh, this is so cool. The apple of their eye. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have... Wow, we landed right on my... I can't believe how elegantly you all dove right into my final question without me bringing it up. <laughs> Build someone who wants Those to... Those were really. awesome. Yes. yes. We are a hive mind. <laughs> so we've got rumors down pat. We have where the, the Emporo came from. It was an Emporo vessel previously. Stolen by Angolon from an ex-classmate. So I will say we're a little early on the runtime, but is there anything y'all would like to see as people who love, or as people who are like, you know, playing it with and editing, <laughs> Nikki, a like pirate-centric kind of campaign? Is there anything all of you would like to see more of? I don't know if it's happened in the in-between episodes because I was listening to it and mm -hmm. then I started editing it. So I missed like I don't have that in-between episodes. Yeah. But have you had a ship battle? Not yet. <laughs> Sadly, it's kind of yeah. sad. I, I would one. like to see a ship battle. <laughs> Too scared for that. That's the point. What are you <laughs> we have an arcane cannon. Yeah, you do. We don't know how to really work. We we, we kind of know how to work it, but also... We almost shot ourselves in the face with it. So yep. That's... I you mean, know which ends Zira cannot end. use it, though, at <laughs> least. Can we just agree on that? Can Zira we... will do what Zira wants, first off. <laughs> oh, I I know. I was there. Shatter anyone? So <laughs> the, the next, like, the end of this arc of the show is, like... Or the, this arc coming up is, like, the players returning to New Bismuth tying up their things, what they encounter along the way, and then, you know, going to this estranged location somewhere in the jungle that Aurora told them the cult was working in. And if things go according to plan, a ship battle will definitely be in the end of this arc, and it's going to be wild. Yes. The only other thing, which, again, I don't know if this is a thing that's already happened, but there could be an island, one of those islands, if you haven't already flushed them all out. Mm-hmm could have like a little village that is purely run by actual pirates Bad like pirates? hardcore <laughs> pirates like they they engage in all the pirate stereotypes like, yes <laughs> like they have their own rules and their own listen they have ideas. freedom fluffy shirts and loose morals 
Okay. Yes, Freedom. but their morals uh, are like just gone <laughs> for some of them. I, I, I like that. that. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't mind like a chase. What like kind? A, like on the sea? It could tie to the ship bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we gotta, we both know of the treasure or something, and we gotta go rush to get it. Mm -hmm. And it's just this chase. Oh, like a race to get to something. Mm -hmm. I like that. Um, so we have chase at sea, ship battle, islands of freedom, floofy shirts, and loose morals. Mm -hmm. I love <laughs> this. That will be the title. <laughs> floofy shirts and loose morals. <laughs> that is a very good episode title. Right? That sounds like the sexiest island on the planet. Oh, no. And Carolina, how about you? Uh, well, I second the ship battle, definitely. And I actually would like, because we don't know a lot about the jungle yet, and we might be like traveling through the jungle in the next arc of the campaign. Mm -hmm. So I, I kind of would like to explore that a little bit and uh, have some adventures traveling through the jungle, because that is definitely going to be interesting. I will yeah. say that that's definitely on my list of, because I mean, you guys know at this point that the place you're traveling to is like a point in the jungle, a few days travel from New Bismuth. Mm -hmm. So you'll definitely be trekking through the jungle and I may or may not confirm that dinosaurs will probably be involved. Yay! Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, dinosaurs if we have we involved. have pirates and dinosaurs in the same adventure, that that's perfect. Yes. Pi pirate sores. Pirate sores. A the, pirate dinosaur. What if the fluffy, fluffy shirt, loose morals, pirates on the island, what if the island is like overgrown with the jungle and they have dinosaurs? I just want a dinosaurs everywhere, basically. Just, just put dinosaurs in anything. I love it. Like those tiny ones? Most of the coast has dinosaurs. Yay! <laughs> um, I have a random idea that's probably silly, but... Speak it. This is where silly ideas come to life. Have one of the dinosaurs be awakened. Yes! Yes! And be a captain of its own ship. <laughs> <laughs> yes! I love it. Oh, the urge... To make a sea captain who's a tiny T-Rex with little arms <laughs> on the wheel. Do it. Do it. Just the tiniest little arms spinning the wheel as fast as they can. They would have to have a, like, a special wheel mate that is a little bit like closer to the chest and smaller. It's or like they could a, just use their tail. They use the tail. There's, there's a big wheel and it's hooked up to a bunch of gears to give it more torque. And then there's a yeah. little wheel. <laughs> yep. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Uh. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's a nice little bookend. That captain exists now. There's no way they do not. It's too precious to let go. Yes. I'm so excited. I love it. it. This is going to be a where's Waldo. We must find this pirate captain. Find the I came pirate. up with that idea because someone actually awakened a T-Rex in one of my games. Oh no, what happened? It befriended them. Was because it like they cast friends. It's like it has this intelligence of 10. Okay. When they get awakened. It's like average. Yeah. Listen, in our group, uh, we are good on intelligence, but we have, I think, nobody all with wisdom above 12, so... Mm, yeah, you yeah. guys don't make great decisions, and I love it. I'm going to cast mean? Shatter inside the boat. Uh, <laughs> you're in the Sounds hull, right? Underwater. Fun. Yeah, so? 
All right. <laughs> you know what? Rissa, who is not very wise or intelligent, would have agreed with that, but she's very charismatic. <laughs> That's one of my favorite character types, basically. Uh, yeah. Like, sweet, lovely himbo. It's a perfect character. Yeah. That's like the dembos, himbos. Yes. Uh, Birch, Matt Mercer is playing one in the Alexandria Unlimited right now. Oh yes, <laughs> it's big dumb. This dumb boy, one. this boy has half a brain cell, and it's sometimes in somebody else's mind, and uh, <laughs> he is the best. <laughs> That's a great way to put him. I love that character. Yeah. Yeah, playing dumb characters like has so much potential. I love role playing them. Like that's why Neil is so stupid. What do you mean? Neil is a worldly, worldly, worldly man of adventure. True, yeah. true. But he also like things just go right over his head. And One I of my it. favorite characters was a non-intelligent character that was supposed to be intelligent, who was failing um, wizard school. Oh no, that's amazing! <laughs> they just suck at the spell. They suck at all the mad, like the 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 school part. Yeah, they're like they have the. They have the the drive to do it, and they're like in their fifties, still going to school because they keep failing. Oh, oh and it's God. not that they went to school late. That's perfectly fine if you go to school late or take your time. It's just that they keep failing their classes over and over again. And by now, they're just like the dean is just like, oh, okay, you know what? It's fine. You could just you could stay. It's fine. <laughs> keep trying. You're just gonna keep paying until you fi you finish. And it, yeah, they don't oh, mind. Just keep getting they your money. Mind. You're a little lost, but you got the spirit. That kind of that kind of reminds me of how, like, I think this is kind of how Red and Riley came to be. I remember talking to Scruff, and we were like, "Oh, we want to have characters that know each other," and then that evolved into like, "Oh yeah, why don't we be wizard roommates?" And then we were like, "Why don't we be wizard roommates who dropped out of college?" <laughs> that was like the advent of the show because like and then, yeah and then we were like and then uh Debs came in and we were like okay and then it just kind of spiraled out to that stuff it's like what As if we're does. all roommates and i was yeah. like what if you're all wizards like everybody has at least one level of wizard yeah we were like oh wait we get stuff when we hit level two and we're like oh you know what if we were level two wizards and we figured out we just did all the gen ed classes and then we got into the nitty gritty of your major and we were like, we, this ain't for us. We're too it stupid sucks. for this. <laughs> <laughs> and so we it. just dipped. Uh, oh, I know I gosh. wanted to be a bard. I was like, I want to be a bard because I just dropped out of college and I'm, I still want to do magic and I'll be a bard. You still can. <laughs> There's always room to multi-class. I went in a, a completely oh, no. different direction because I am just a big beefy barbarian who got a library card. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's never too late. I love it. All of your all of your characters are wonderfully chaotic, and, and they like they're a really nice balance to each other. If you ever need a guest to play um, this new captain, <laughs> <laughs> sure, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. We can, we can talk in. later down the line because now that this new captain exists, they're gonna have to show up at some point. The T Rex you know captain. The no, T-Rex no, no. captain. The tiefling one. The tiefling oh. captain. <laughs> but yeah. Absolutely. Only if uh, you promise to kill one of them. I mean, what? What? Obviously. <laughs> no. Um, 
That's Riley's worst nightmare. <laughs> what, being killed by a captain? Yes. Just no, just you know, dying in general. Yeah, I mean I at this point. Or in, in pain. Your, and th- that at this point in your story, I'd be very terrified of the consequences of, of what happened what would happen to Riley after he died. Oh no. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, oh. and, and on that note, let's do the fun thing that I've been trying to input into all of our world building episodes. Let's give a challenge to our listeners. We get come up with one like one sentence thing. And throw it to the listeners to explain why. I think so when I did the episode with Scruff, we were like, there's a town with a well in the middle and the well produces alcohol. Why? And then we left it at that. So if anyone would like to throw a challenge out, feel free. Who awakened the T-Rex and why? Yes. Is he a captain? Yes. <laughs> yes. I love That's this. That's a really That's good perfect. one. Okay. So you can reply in tweets. Um, and maybe I'll put a content, like a, um, a form attached to the episode release for this so that if you would like to submit an idea of why this T-Rex captain came to be, you can. And they're teeny tiny little arms. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Uh, Nikki, if you'd like, since I know you've guessed it on our show before and the audience is familiar with you by now, but yeah, give a shout out. It's been a while. It's been a little bit. I am the creator of Beholder to No One, and Beholder to No One has three shows, a discussion episode that is every Monday with where um, Mike has actually been on there, and a actual play and a one-shot show that switched on Thursdays. Carolina was on the Ex Novo episode that just released recently, um, which was so much fun and so chaotic. Our current actual play is ending soon and we will be starting with a new show called the morning blues which is a cowboy bebop inspired eberron bounty hunter-esque story oh my god and i'm very very excited in addition to that we will be releasing on our patreon before because we are eventually signing all of our podcasts on to geekspective oh yeah congratulations on the network congrats Beholder was uh, signed on officially. Vampire the Masquerade game for Dice Before Dawn will be starting hopefully in the next couple of months, but I'm going to try to um, release episodes early on the Patreon, and that will be super fun. And then a Savage World sci-fi game for Sound Control RPG. Oh my god, so much going on. I love it. Also, I just finished DMing a series on Awfully Queer Heroes called Uncaged Anthology, Episode 8 just released, and soon a new show is starting for that that I will not be DMing for, but yes. Just got your hand in many, many buckets. We've actually, so for not this arc, but the Emerald Crossroads arc of the main show, we're doing a collaboration with Awfully Queer Heroes. We're using some of their content from their Kickstarter as kind of like a playtest proof of concept. So they're very cool, and the stuff they make is awesome. Kel is fantastic. (laughs) Carolina? Would you like to give a shout out? you have anything fun going on? Well, other than our wonderful, wonderful show and uh, the episode of Ex Novo with Nikki, which was super fun, we invented fish hats, radioactive yep. fish hats. What? Yep. I gotta listen to this. <laughs> yeah, we invented a radioactive fish hat. It was ridiculous and beautiful. I don't have anything new coming up soon, but you can find me on Twitter at PowerWordFU, and uh, I may occasionally post something uh, TTRPG related there. <laughs> cool, <Sometimes>. cool. <laughs> nice. Son, how about you? 
Anything? Oh, I am not as busy as y'all. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, I don't blame you. Um, all right, how about this? You want to give the final word to the audience? The last thing they hear. I can do it if you don't want no to. No pressure. That's all, folks. <laughs> Hi, pirates, and thanks for sticking around. Next episode, we pick back up with Thurbash and Hamlin to see what trouble they got off to after leaving behind Oshin in that forest glade. I mean, at this point, you think I might be lying, but I think another forest fire? It. Why have I run a game with a party of arsons? Anyways, it's a hoot, and I think you'll enjoy it. The week after that, the lily is back. The party digs into some high seas adventure as they travel back along the Bismuth Channel. That's right, we're talking sunken treasure and maybe some monsters at sea. Our theme song, titled A New Hero in Town, was created by Kevin McLeod. We use his work a lot throughout our production, so be sure to check out his work at Incomputech Music. It's all royalty free as long as you do your diligence and credit the artist. Our ambient tracks for this episode were created by the wonderful, the amazing Sword Coast Soundscapes, which you'll find linked in our episode description. They take my home games to a whole new level, and you should absolutely support them on Patreon too. In addition to that, we're also using tracks from Dark Fantasy Studio to get that extra creepy vibes. See you next week.